Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Carlos Rios' is All Ears. Today, you're listening to a conversation with Hunter Starnes. Hunter is a videographer and video manager at Taking Four Films. He's a very insightful, creative business owner and just down-to-earth guy. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hunter, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Carlos, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, we've only spoken once, I think. Like, uh, I went to your wedding, and it was really beautiful, really cool. Love all the Lord of the Ring references. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, <laughs> those were great. Um, and uh, and then my wife and I went to have dinner with you and Amy and that was cool um so we we really enjoyed meeting you guys and I was like man I think I think Hunter will be a good person to have on so again thank you oh, for making well, the time you. yeah of course thank you for having me on again and that was a fun night um I'm so glad you guys got to come we got to hang out I don't I'll be honest with you I don't remember meeting you at my wedding because there were so many new people yeah. Yeah. Um, and it still surprises me when people come up to me and we're like, they're like, oh, you're, you know, your wedding was great. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Thanks how for about how it. many I people did you, you have there? Do you remember? Well, uh, the guest list was around 300. Yeah. Um, and it's surprising we know that many people. Um, really? But, uh, you know, um, between Amy's, you know, uh, Amy's family and my family, we cobbled together 300. And, mm-hmm. um, we actually had a bit of a, a B list in case, <laughs> you know, we had the A list, then we had the B list because there were some people that I couldn't invite yeah. or Amy couldn't invite that we also wanted to. So, so y'all made the cut, which, you know, Man. don't, don't let that get, don't let that get out by the way, you know, That's just, right. just in case, well, just in case this, one of my friends here, you, you know, this, this is a podcast that is going to be public. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Well, that's okay. Leave it, leave it in. in. It's true though. We had, you know, we couldn't invite everybody and I apologized to somebody the other day that, you know, I couldn't invite them to my wedding, but you know, our most important people were there. Our most important uh, friends and family and close people were there. And I think that was good. I think 300 was just about the right amount. I think any more than it would have been ridiculous. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you want to be able to spend a little bit of time with everybody. And I yes. felt like I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember so, if, if yeah. we got a chance to actually meet at your wedding. Uh, we might have just said hi, like, quickly in passing. But mm-hmm. um, I for our wedding, we had closer to 200 people that we invited. And I think there were a little less than that that actually were able to make it. Mm-hmm. We had our wedding in Austin. And mm-hmm. and so my family, it's all in Laredo and mm-hmm. Nuevo Laredo in Mexico. So it's like 50-50. And so, and Katie's family is in Fort Worth. And so we had people come from both sides. But I, I, I've had that many times too, that people come up to me. I was like, oh yeah, I was at your wedding. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, a lot of is it a bl- is is a blur. And I think most people understand that. Like I certainly understand, you know, if I, in fact, this is funny. Um, mm-hmm. I filmed uh, Tyler and Kristen's wedding, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Is that uh, where you met Amy? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. So I already knew. Well, I met 
I had not really spent a lot of time with Amy then. Like I kind of knew who she was, but I didn't really talk to her. She doesn't remember I was there. Yeah. yeah. At all. And neither does Tyler or Chris. That means you were doing I, a good job. Wedding. That means you were doing well, a good yeah. job, right? That's it's... true. That's that's what I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be kind of in the background, right. not you know, not as uh, present as like the photographer. Um, but you know, still, it's it's just funny to me that I was there at Tyler's wedding, and they don't remember I was there. Nobody really remembers <laughs> I was there except for Adam. <laughs> You know, oh, wow. and Adam, well, Adam, Adam would notice the video, the video guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. And we were the I was friends with Adam for a long time before I even met Amy. So oh, I, I think I think we're going on to like being friends for something like 14 years, something like that. Wow. Um, 12 to 14 years. So yeah. kind of, you know, both in the film industry, both in the same area. Yeah, I so, actually had yeah. him on the podcast. I think. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think he's going to come in on the episode before this one. This episode we're recording right now, it's now November 5th. It's likely not going to be out till December. So... Because mm -hmm. you got to do a lot of editing and everything, I'm sure. I don't do a whole lot. I try to mm. I try to leave it as raw as I can. I do a little Just bit of... Just wait till I'm done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hopefully I, not. Hopefully not. No, I, li I do a little bit of post-production as far as like getting the volume up or if there's a lot of like, you know, clicks and that kind of thing but i have um i use um i don't know if you do much audio production i know there's plugins to use some video a good bit for that are audio related only so i use uh some of isotopes uh products for and they're like the clicking the clipping and you just kind of tell it the parameters and it kind of does all that it's like magic i have no idea how I, it actually isotope. works <laughs> isotope is the bomb it really yeah. is yeah i don't use any of their plugins but i've heard great things about it yeah, so I just throw some of those in there. I do a little bit of EQing to get a lot of those really low frequencies that mm. somehow they record it and we don't hear them anyway, but they take up space. Um, it doesn't really matter all that much, uh, but once you start bringing the volume levels up, you can start hearing some weird artifacts and all that. And mm -hmm. I... But I don't do a whole lot as I'm as I'm talking about it. I just yeah, I do music production. I make music, um, I compose. So if I'm doing something audio related, I need to do a little bit of tweaking. <laughs> mm -hmm. But but yeah. I try not to do so much because um, I, I you have a better. And I bet you bet you have a better ear than most people who do podcasts. You know, just uh, because you are a musician. Because I've done a lot of that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I I really think that they don't need a whole lot. Um, of work um, unless you really want to go and, and do edits to the actual content, which I don't really want to do that. I really want to keep the conversations as pure as possible because that's the format that I like. Um, uh, so that's, that's just, and it's easier. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I guess I, I did tell you what the opening question was going to be, so I'll ask again for, so that people know. Uh, but who is Hunter Starnes? And and I mean that, um, that's a hard question, but who is Hunter Starnes right now? Um, like who are you right now? What are you into? What are things that are fun to you that you enjoy in life? Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's it's such a simple question, but such a deep one. Um, I know. You know. I like to ask I that am. question and so that I don't have to ask, so what do you do for a living? 
Because I hate that question. <laughs> yeah, because what you do for a living might not be what you actually, you know, who you are as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so Christ follower, mm. husband, um, filmmaker, mm. uh, storyteller. Um, hmm. I guess that kind of boils down to who I am. I'm a very visual person. Mm. Um, yeah. So to flush all those out, you know, Christ follower, been saved from an early age, um, husband to my wife, Amy. Um, I am a uh, filmmaker. I have a little production company based out of Fort Worth. Um, it comprises of myself and my two brothers, and then we hire some other people as needed. Mm. And uh, we mostly film weddings, but we do some other fun stuff as well sometimes. Mm. And um, uh, that's a lot of fun. Hope to someday do more filmmaking mm. where we're actually telling stories, you know, whether that be short films or feature films or something like that. Documentaries would also be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, doesn't really matter to me as long as I'm behind the camera telling the story and not in front of the camera. Um, cause that frightens okay. me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, interesting. Mm -hmm. and then, makes sense, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, if I, if I were really good at it, I'd be, I don't know, I'd be an actor or something. Mm -hmm. I just don't crave being in front of the camera. I love, I love being behind it. I love, I love controlling the action, the camera moves, you know, cause mm -hmm. and, filmmaking the camera you can't have a film without the camera yeah you know yeah. you can you can have it without audio you can mm -hmm. have it without actors you know you can go out you can tell a film just based on inanimate objects somehow you know mm -hmm. um and be creative with that so you know you can't so i like i guess i like being indispensable is what i'm saying uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so they, they can't fire me you know that's right um but no, I just, uh, you know, I've always, uh, I've always been drawn to filmmaking, uh, love making films. And I mean, if you want to segue into talking about Lord of the Rings, this is it. Lord of the Rings, when oh, that yeah. came out, um, the feature films, when those came out, that, that was sort of my... What year was, was it? It was like 2000... Uh, two, 2001 was the first Gosh. film. December of 2001. I feel so I feel so old right now. Yeah, disgusting um, to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in my teens when that came out. Wow. And then, you know, I didn't see it in theaters when it first came out because I was a little too young. But my mm. mom wa let me watch uh, the second one in theaters and the third one in theaters. Nice. And um, then when the extended edition DVDs came out, that was my filmmaking class. So, mm. you know, me and my brothers would sit down and we would watch the making of documentaries, you know, yeah. that... That's hours and hours and hours. So good. I need to do that again, honestly. Mm. Um, I have all those DVDs. And Go I back to your to... roots. Your roots. Yeah. 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 And just, just play it. And they're just so interesting, you know, yeah. like filled with so many good tidbits. Um, yeah. But that was sort of my filmmaking school, I guess you could mm. say. Um, I really loved those documentaries. And then that's kind of what got me interested in filmmaking. Um, so it's sort of my Star Wars, if you will. You know, a lot of famous directors mm -hmm. reference Star Wars, you know, the yeah. original ones from the yes. 70s yeah, yeah. as the one that 
the movie that made them want to become filmmakers. And for me, it was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so it has a special place in my heart. Those are I, pretty um, like grounding foundational films. Like there's just so much yes. depth to them that it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So much depth. Um, there's a little bit of something for everybody in there. You know, mm -hmm. there you can, I don't care who you are or from what walk of life you come from that. It's just classic storytelling at its best. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I mean, obviously they're not perfect films. You can, you know, I have some issues with them now, sure. um, but they're just classic. They still hold up, mm -hmm. you know, the visual effects. If you watch them today, they're still really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't draw attention to themselves. Um, you're not like, you're not pointing out like, oh, that was a, that was a bad, it's a bad <laughs> effect. And it doesn't take you out of the story. You can yes. watch the entire film and not think about the effects. Or well, that's like a, that. that's what makes a good story and that makes it immersive, at least, and engaging. It's when you don't notice all those things. It's like, well, that's what I was telling you, you know, as a storyteller and at a wedding that I think is good that people don't knew, didn't know you were there. It's like means you were in the background, you know, mm -hmm. just recording the story and then, mm -hmm. and then, getting it ready for for them um it's yeah. not it's not about you it's about the the audience it's about the people that are about to experience and it's about the story itself um mm -hmm. and then you're participating in it and you have an important role to tell it um mm -hmm. so that's cool that's really fun yeah those i i those movies in many ways have also been very important for me especially lord of the rings i'm i'm definitely more of a lord of the rings person than than Star Wars, I think that part of part of it is our age, and and part of it is that you know the the movies that were contemporary to the Lord of the Rings trilogy in the Star Wars series were arguably the worst <laughs> part of the of all of the Star Wars films, um, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean a, a lot of people would say that I've only seen each movie once, and I haven't seen the very last movie of the last trilogy. They're not missing um, anything. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. So I'm like, okay, well, I won't. Maybe I'll watch it sometime one day, but I don't feel pressured. Yeah. And by the last movie of the trilogy, do you mean of the original trilogy or mm, the of the the, th the third trilogy, made? the third okay. one? Okay. With the yeah. girl. Yeah, the latest yeah. trilogy that they made. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Star Star Wars just progressively gets worse. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen some of the uh, TV shows and some of them are fun. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, they, they need to do a better job of those. So uh, before yeah. we move off, because I could go off in so many different directions here. Oh, yeah. What are some of your, you know, like favorite films or something that you um, that you would regard as, you know, your favorite of all time? Do you have any of those? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I often don't think about that. Um, and I'm I'm really not much uh, I'm not a huge um, film watcher, uh, which mm -hmm. is kind of a sad thing. Uh, although mm -hmm. I do enjoy watching good movies, um, some of the most important ones for me uh, as a child, um, Lion King, that's my childhood favorite movie. Um, and I, I was telling this to someone I think in the podcast recently um, that the 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 what's it called. Oh man, I'm blanking. The composer Hans Zimmer, who wrote mm -hmm. a, a lot of the orchestral parts for Lion King, um, 
the most moving part of that movie for me was when Mufasa dies, like I think for everybody, right? Mm. And the the music that is that plays, um, well, it's actually silent when he first dies, and that's very <laughs> shocking in and of itself because the movie's very loud, right? So it's, it really like draws your attention. Um, but the 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 music that Hans Zimmer wrote uh, for Mufasa after he passed and it's like really sad. Um, he wrote that uh, as his father had recently passed. Mm. So in some ways he was writing a requiem, uh, a, a piece mm. for, for the dead, right? For his dad. And it mm. just kind of came up that he was writing music for a son that lost his dad and, and this children's tale. And I, I to me, uh, was very, very moving and, you know, like, to, to this date, I mean, it very, very uh, powerful. Uh, growing up later, it was the Lord of the Rings trilogy um, and the first Matrix movie, probably just that yeah. one. <laughs> Not the second, the third one, fortunately. <laughs> but the first one was really cool. I watched out, I had them on VHS. I, I uh, recorded them with my, what did you call those? A VCR, my VCR. VCR. I recorded it from TNT <laughs> <laughs> and I had that one and I would just watch it and repeat. I loved it. Um, mm -hmm. and it's a good uh, film. Talk about another classic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This does good stuff, man. Um, and then I don't know much really later what's been very influential for me. I watch a lot of anime. Um, mm -hmm. so, I, and I feel like a, like a big nerd when I want to talk about it, but that's just what I watch. That's just the bulk of what I watch. Uh -huh. And I watch a good bit of YouTube stuff. Um, probably about 50% of it is tech related because uh -huh. I like watching tech related things. Um, I'm a bit of a geek in that regard. Uh -huh. um, and then mostly I just listen to podcasts and audiobooks, and I like to read. Um, so that's what I do for my consumption, but films, definitely the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, definitely the Lion King and, uh, that matrix movie. Mm -hmm. So, um, that, yeah, that's, those are good movies. Uh, so, uh, when I, I try to figure out how to, how to, uh, ask this question, but for me, Lord of the Rings was sort of connected to my work and everything else. Mm -hmm. Is there a, let's say a musical score? piece of music, a song, mm. anything that may be um, connected to you when you were growing up or like, was there a song, music, musician, whatever, that just, you know, made you want to be a musician? Yes, that's a really good question too. Uh, there's mostly two. Um, one is a, well, that I'm, I guess I'm answering the question that I made me want to be a composer because that's what I do. That makes me, mm -hmm. I love writing music. And I, I'm a composer first and a guitarist. And I like playing guitar and I think I'm decent at it, but um, I like writing music. So there's two two composers that have been the most influential for me. And neither one of those two, unfortunately, is a film composer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, although if I had to add a film composer, I'll say that Michael Giacchino is probably it. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and particularly, this is not a movie, uh, particularly when he wrote uh, the music for the series Lost. Mm -hmm. 
Um, oh yeah. 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 There's some really good, uh, themes in that. Yeah. It's been a while since I've heard that soundtrack actually. It's like, good. Now I need to go listen to it. He got like, like he's like 10, 15 trombone players. <laughs> so dumb. Where a lot of the transitions with like really brassy sections and stuff. It's just a bunch of trombonists. Uh, the per a lot of the percussion, they actually had uh, plain parts that they drum on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's very clever. The whole movie is very, uh, the whole movie, uh, the whole soundtrack for Lost is great. But that's awesome. A uh, classical composer would be Igor Stravinsky, mm -hmm. which is, uh, uh, you know, for other composers out there, they're like, oh, of course, Stravinsky. But, so sorry that's it that's like saying like george lucas or something that's right it. hey they're good for a reason they're popular for a reason that's you right they're masters yeah igor stravinsky um particularly the firebird suite petrushka mm -hmm. ride of spring i mean his valets are the the big bulk of of what people know of his work um although he has a lot of other cool stuff too but those are the most uh, famous ones. Uh, and then a video game composer, uh, Nobuo Uematsu, who he wrote mm. uh, the the music for the first nine Final Fantasy games. And then mm. after that, he kind of started uh, giving some work to other composers and then they kind of took over, which a funny story about Final Fantasy, the, the, f the first game is called Final Fantasy because Square now called Square Enix. Uh, Square, the the developers, they were thinking this is it. Like we've tried this RPG thing, we've tried making games, and we haven't seen enough success. And and so we're mm. making this, and we're calling it Final Fantasy. Like this is their last RPG. Mm. And and now they've they're like on sixteen or something like that now coming up. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you lose track of how many they've released. Yeah, but uh, but That's Nobu, crazy, Nobu Matsu definitely. Uh, and Koji Kondo, and Koji Kondo is like the Stravinsky or the George Lucas. He's the Koji Kondo wrote the music for Legend of Zelda and and the super famous Mario theme. Yeah, so. Awesome. so those, well, those guys. Cool. So are you a uh, are you a big gamer or were you a big gamer at the time? Uh, I do a good bit of gaming still. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't do as much as I. I want, and I think it's probably a good thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've, Very addicting. Yes. Well, early on, I decided I wanted to spend more time producing than consuming, um, and so I, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, it's a whole mind shift, a different way of thinking about things. It's like, do I consume things, or do I make things? And I like mm -hmm. making things. I'm just very creative, and and I get it impatient if I'm not making stuff mm. so yeah which mm -hmm. is why I'm doing this That's podcast good. like <laughs> I, I I like to think of conversations creatively actually I, I think there's a lot of stuff um, that happens in a conversation that it's is very um, unpredictable and chaotic and yet um, it's like a dance right and mm -hmm. and and you're trying to kind of find a rhythm to the conversation and to match each other so mm -hmm. it's it's a little weird but i enjoy it it's fun that's a good way of looking at it you know because mm -hmm. i yeah i kind of feel the i think i feel the same way I've, and i've never really thought about it before that's really cool 
Do you find um, doing podcasts with people like is that, you know, is that easy or is that a little bit harder than like if you're just face to face and, you know, talking to somebody? Mm, I I think it's probably about the same. Um, I tend to do a lot better in one on one settings like this one. Um, or if there's a small group, like maybe four people, I, I'm okay. Once you yeah. get a group of like five people or more together and I just, I can't get a word in and mm -hmm. I've gotten really good. You know, there's that, uh, William Shakespeare quote, uh, that says, uh, brevity is the soul of wit. And so I've got, I've gotten really good uh, at, uh, <laughs> at, I just do like snarky little remarks and just interject <laughs> with the little funny thing. And, uh, but I don't really feel in, in, in big groups, I have a hard time, um, really participating and really sticking out or really, cause I just like sitting back and, and then like, I want to hear people laugh cause they're getting too serious. So I'll say something snarky or, or silly and just try to get a laugh. But yeah, that's, that's it. And, and I enjoy this a lot more. Um, I, I, it's probably my mom's fault really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, she and my dad got separated when I was two. Um, and so she was a single mom. She had until my stepdad came around when I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. Um, so, um, she had to work obviously to <laughs> make sure there was food on the table. And, uh, but she always tried her best to make time to spend with me. And on the weekends, she would take me out to the movies. So we're, this is, this is still back in Mexico on the Mexican side of the border in Nuevo Laredo. And, uh, I remember when I was a child, a McDonald's open and, uh, she took me to it and I thought it was the coolest thing that there was a McDonald's in Mexico. Um, and I, we went there and it was like, the food was terrible. It was, it was just gross. I don't think they taught them right. <laughs> to do it. Ooh, and, uh, but, but I had fun just going there. And so there was these little things like that, but what was really, I think instrumental in, in my development, uh, when it comes to these kinds of conversations was, uh, her, not just in developing my ability to carry out these kinds of conversations, but just in, in my love for them. Uh, she just would sit with me on the weekends and she would just chat with me at the at the kitchen table. You know, that was our kitchen table. You know, you usually think of a family in a traditional sense that you have like, you know, mom and dad and like two or three kids or something like that. And they're, how was your day? And, you know, kind of the American dream kind of way. But for, for us, it was just the two of us when, when I was a child, like seven, eight, nine, ten years old, that kind of thing. And we'll talk for a long time. And what was cool about it is that she would talk to me as a friend. Um, not as I'm your mom, you need to listen to what I have to say. I'm wiser than you. You're dumb. I'm big. Mm -hmm. You're small. Oh, Matilda was probably another good movie that was very influential for me. Um, I don't think I know that one. Matilda? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, Danny DeVito and, huh. uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie, man. You need to watch it. It's a nineties movie. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, my phone's over here. I'll add it to my list later. It's from a book uh, by Roald Dahl, who, okay. uh, uh, Charlie's, uh, Charlie uh, and the Chocolate Factory. And the Chocolate and Factory, uh, mm -hmm. 
what's the giant peach james and the giant peach is that james it? and the giant peach uh so yep. you know roll doll so is classics it's it's a an amazing storyteller and i i love whenever i want to read something that's gonna just be easy to read and enjoyable i'll read some of roll dolls and so he wrote matilda also mm -hmm. one of my favorite childhood movies uh, and I don't know why I started talking about that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> this is I mean... the beautiful thing about conversations <laughs> is they're unpredictable, right? So anyway, yeah, my mom, uh, she would just talk to me as a friend, and mm. I enjoyed it, and and it was fun. And then what happened is I was really bad for the longest time at doing small talk, and I still am kind of bad, but I'm better now. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, same. I worked at a hotel as a concierge and first as a doorman and then as a concierge. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what those things were when I was in, in college. Uh, but I ended up doing that working at a hotel because I needed the money and they would take me. <laughs> so um, I had to do a lot of small conversation with people about, you know, mm -hmm. the weather and food and, mm -hmm. you know, sports and, you know, whatever people are into dogs, uh, all that kind of stuff, cars, all that yeah. sur surface level thing that people talk about to, to relate to each other, to then later connect to in a deeper level. I usually, yeah, forget all that. And let's just <laughs> be real <laughs> from, from, mm, uh -huh. and, uh, you know, with Adam, I was talking with him about this and cause he is that way too. Um, he, he tends to go deep, uh, with people, especially when he doesn't know people. And yeah. Yeah. And what happens is people kind of confirm as a friend of Adam that he, that, that is indeed what happens. <laughs> and kind of what happens is people push, they're like, Oh, Oh wow. You don't want to talk. Yeah. They're like, well, should we at least know each other a little That's bit? That's right. Before, before you start asking those questions. Or, you're talking yeah. about God, you're talking about, you know, <laughs> my childhood and all these things. And, mm -hmm. you know, the small talk can seem very superficial. I, uh, I, I admire the people who could do small talk without mm -hmm. seeming like it's they're just going through the motions mm -hmm. I, I think it's an art it really is mm -hmm. yeah something i haven't mastered no it definitely i i became better at doing that job it was but it was just like a mm -hmm. skill and it would drain me too so mm -hmm. i would get home and i would be exhausted because that's just not something that i do because i'm having to yeah. think about it <laughs> you know? yeah yeah <laughs> it's the same with me for weddings you know when i'm mm -hmm. you know because i'm around people and um you know, you gotta, you gotta talk to people. You can't just be that, the creepy guy in the background the whole time. Like, you know, all of a sudden yeah. he's there with the video camera, you know, you have to make them know that you're there. And so you yeah. have to be talking to people and interacting and things like that. And yeah. you know, it's, it's, I find it draining by the end of the day as well. So yeah. you definitely don't want to be creepy and be holding a camera. It's like, <laughs> no, no, I have, I have been that before always unintentionally, always unintentionally, but I'd just be like recording, doing my job. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden somebody would turn around and be like, Oh, you know, yeah. like, Hey, it's like, are you, are you, are you of, working? It's like, Oh no, I just like filming people. Yeah. I'm just like standing there and I'm like, hi, um, <laughs> I hope you wanted that captured. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a little bit better about not doing that. Um, at least knowing, letting people know that I'm there, whether it's like, mm -hmm. you know, just telling them I'm recording or moving so that they can see me without being like behind them or, you know, just that whole thing. It's yeah. a bit of an art, I guess. I, I've never really thought about it before, but it's just something you learn eventually. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But going back to the, the, 
small talk and I, I kind of derailed the conversation a little bit right there. No, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so you were talking to Adam and he goes deep really quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think that's funny. I mean, he's self-aware of it. He knows it, but it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's true. I mean, it's like, it's like small talk can be very, and I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it can be very um, shallow. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think, I think Adam feels that as well. And so that's why he goes deep, like kind of immediately, yeah. you know, well, what he told like, me is he, he goes deep with people he doesn't know. And he is very like, tends to be more lighthearted around people he knows well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's, he's recently for that as, well, because the people that I know well, I can trust. And so, mm. but the people that I don't know well, he's doing like a little probing, you know, <laughs> just like, mm. are you being real with me right now? Like, are you, and I think some people just intuitively are good at telling when people are being uh, real with them or not. I, I found mm. out I, when I was at Forward, I was working at a boys and girls club and a lot of them come from, a lot of the kids there come from uh, just kind of difficult situations at home with, you know, again, single moms or, you know, alcoholic parents, that kind of thing. And so they don't want you to, those kids, they don't want you to be like, oh, good job, buddy. And like all these things. It's like they can tell when you're full of it and and they'll let you know too. Or they'll show you somehow. They're just, you know, like walk away. Um, Uh So, yeah, I've always been drawn towards the kinds of people that just want to be genuine and, Again, not that I have. I've I've grown I've grown to think that people that want to talk more superficially at first, they do it not because um, they don't want to talk to you or they don't want to know you, but that's mm-hmm. just what you do. <laughs> that's yeah, just what's... That's, they don't know any better. Often, you know, like yeah. I, I I feel like that's the same for me. Oftentimes, yeah. like I don't know what else to say, but I feel like I have to say something. Yeah. Or sometimes like you generally just share interests. And so if you mm-hmm. catch someone talking about something you're into, again, like I'm a big anime nerd. And so if I see someone talking about anime, you know, I'll talk to them about anime, but then mm-hmm. I'll quickly take it into a more deep thing or like, <laughs> like, you know, talking about Lord of the Rings or something like, I, like, right. You can start like, oh yeah, so fun and hobbits and all that. And then you're like talking about all the implications and Tolkien being Catholic and, and mm-hmm. being friends with C.S. Lewis and, and all these mm-hmm. things and they start talking about more, uh, uh, what do you call it? I guess consequential things. But mm-hmm. anyway, so we're talking about the movies. We're talking about, uh, you're asking me about the music. What about the, the book itself? Well, that's one thing that I I found very cool. Like, I don't know, I enjoyed it a lot when we went to, to, to your house. Yeah. You're like, well, we're, we're reading Lord of the Rings. You want to read it with us? It was a little weird, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> like we we're reading out loud to each other. I do that with Katie, you know, with my wife uh-huh. and, and uh-huh. you know, we we're married, so it's okay. But doing it with yeah. strangers was a new, because uh, for all intents and purposes, we were strangers, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, was the first time we had talked or spent any amount right. of time together. Yeah. Um, and you don't normally read aloud to anybody, you know. No, it's, no. it's very, it's kind of... Um, Oh, what's the word? It's brave, I guess, in a way, because mm-hmm. it's like you're and you're jumping into a story like right there in the middle. Yeah. So it's almost like there's not a lot for y'all. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like it was actually very gracious of y'all to come in and just, you know, and 
I can't remember where we were. We were in the first book, right? Yeah, yeah, we were in the first, first book. book. I can't remember. I can't remember where it was. Um, and the reason I know that is because I, I think it was, it was before. I think it was before the Council of Elrond. We were still like mm. they were. I think they were just now leaving to go on the adventure. Like there was no mm -hmm. Fellowship of the Ring yet or anything like that. Right. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. We are still. We are still reading it. So. Um, <laughs> Not the first book. We are on to the second book. Good. But we switched from um, reading it aloud to each other. Mm. And we got Andy Circus's version of mm. uh, his, his audio book. So we got okay. his version, which recently came out maybe a year or two ago. Mm. Um, and it's been great because he does Gollum's voice. Oh, nice. Not all the time, but, you know, he's he's Gollum in the in the films. If you don't know who Andy Circus is and he's a. Gotcha. Uh, Gotcha. You know, he he is a uh, he's a voice actor and he's been in a bunch of things. He's amazing. Then. Yeah, yeah. He I've seen great. him on, on. There was another film I saw him recently. He was a villain and he gets killed very quickly. Uh huh. Uh, Marvel <laughs> film, probably Black yes. Panther, maybe. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's. Right. I I'm sad that he didn't get more of a role in that film, but um, he's a great voice actor. He plays. Um, yeah. If you've seen the movie version of Tenton. Um, 1010 the uh, Steven Spielberg animated film he um I he did captain captain haddock mm. so you know yeah. what i heard is uh, i heard uh, that there's a screw tapes letters recording that he does as well mm -hmm. and that one i'm very interested in listening to yeah i've heard a little bit of it and it's really good just yeah. from a little bit i've heard um, but I highly recommend the the Lord of the Rings version that he does. Um, and for us, the reason why we did that is because Tolkien. You may have you may have discovered this when you were there. Mm -hmm. Tolkien was um, he's very hard to read aloud for mm -hmm. me anyway, and mm -hmm. I think the same for Amy. Like I would I would be reading and then I'd have to go back and reread it again. Yeah. And now I don't know if that's because of my skills of reading aloud just mm -hmm. not really there. That's likely. Mm -hmm. But also I just feel like Tolkien, um, the way he writes, it's very eloquent. It's in a style that we're not really used to. Yeah. And so it's sort of like reading Shakespeare where mm -hmm. unless you know how to read him, um, you just you end up stumbling over words and things like that. Yeah. And that's the other thing is there are he invented a language, you know, and he invented all these <laughs> names. I butchered so many of the pronunciations <laughs> and I've, I'm a fan of the films. That's right. And so it was nice to it's funny because um, when Amy and I were first, uh, you know, getting to know each other, we were talking about the Hobbit films. And I said, mm -hmm. um, let's see, what's his name? Um, Glowin. He is a uh, he's a a, uh, a dwarf in okay. the Hobbit film okay. and in the books. Uh, but Glowin, I said, um, I pronounce his name Gloin, <laughs> and just a holdover from when I read it to myself. And I'd seen the movies; yeah. like I should have known, you know, how to That's pronounce hilarious. his name. Yeah. But I just I just always pronounced it Gloin. Yeah, and it said it was too much Gloin. like groin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you're reading it aloud, then you really you really understand, like, you know, how you how you butcher it in your mind oftentimes, yeah. or at least I do. Um, but having somebody else read it has been really helpful because we actually it just made it more interesting. We're not stumbling uh, over the words. We're not going back and rereading it. Yeah. It's probably um, it's probably not good for us to actually practice 
reading aloud. <laughs> but if, I think for the enjoyment of the story, yeah. and, you know, it's a little bit better. And also we're able to move through the books a little bit faster since we can yes. listen to it while we're both doing something. You know. Yes, that's so. the beauty about audiobooks and, and mm -hmm. podcasts is that you can be doing all kinds of stuff, laundry, driving, yep. doing dishes, you know, cleaning the house in general, yep. the yep. other menial tasks like that. Like I listen to it at work sometimes because I do office work. And if I'm doing something that requires my mental attention, then obviously I can't listen to stuff. But if I'm just doing, you know, paperwork that is just assembling, some, assembling something over and over and over and over, like mindlessly, I can just listen to something. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, I've been trying to do audiobooks a lot more or mm -hmm. podcasts. And, yeah. you know, I, I, since I'm a very visual person, I've mm -hmm. tried to watch like TV shows or movies mm -hmm. while I work, but mm -hmm. that never ends up working very well for yeah. me. It's you because know... I have to look over. Like I can't, I can't be working over here on this screen and then look over at this screen. And I'm always looking over at this screen, you know, watching, yep. watching the movie. So. Yeah. You're talking about having trouble reading out loud and maybe not pronouncing things right. And like, that's my whole life. I, <laughs> I, so I grew up in Mexico, like I said, when I was mm. 15 going 16, my family and I crossed the border, moved from Nuevo Laredo to Laredo, which is in Texas. And that's still where my mom and my sisters are. Um, and we, we crossed the, the river and now we're in the U S it's amazing. You would be, I don't know if you've ever gone across the border like that to Mexico. Sadly, I have. It's, it's a mind blowing experience. It's like you're traveling through time and mm. it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of sad have, really, but. Right. I've only looked across the border. So yeah. we were in, um, uh, I think big band national park and mm -hmm. we, went up and we looked across the river. Yeah, and, yeah it's an insane you know. transformation. Just the houses mm -hmm. look different, the businesses look different. I mean, everything is just like, you're literally in another country. But um, anyway, when we m moved to the US, um, I didn't speak English. Although I have had quite a few cousins that did speak English and I grew up watching Fox Kids, um, like Ninja, Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. So I was, acquainted with the language and listening to it um but i never really spoke it until i was about 16 17 years old that i started really trying it and so there's a lot of gaps um then i started reading a lot um that's really when i started reading at 1718 i c.s lewis is really who got me to start reading because i started reading the chronicles um and I just started reading a lot and I, and I really enjoy it. But what happens often is I'm reading words and, I'm, and I become familiar with the words as I read them, but I have no idea how to pronounce them. So oftentimes when I read out loud, I, I pronounce all kinds of words wrong. And, or, or there's a certain word that I'm trying to use in a sentence. And I'm, you know, I, I, now I'm 34. Um, so, you know, it's been quite a while. So I, I've grown, <laughs> I've matured in my, in my speech. But it's it's been quiet in a, a while, and it helps having Katie, who Katie is very smart, very well read, and and very gentle in correcting me whenever uh, I'm uh, I've mispronounced something, and she's like, "You mean this?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Isn't it great having yeah. somebody who has your best interests in mind, and mm -hmm. they're also 
correcting you, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's still hard sometimes to be corrected or at least it is for me. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, understanding that, you know, your wife has your Mm -hmm. best interests at heart is really, really, really great. It's one of the, definitely one of the benefits of marriage, but that's, that's my, that's my um, experience as well. Like I, as a kid, I would read a lot and I would just read to myself, you know, Mm. Um, and I was a, I was a homeschooled kid. So Mm. there was a lot of time for reading. Um, So I would just be, I mean, one of my favorite memories of growing up is just being on my bed with a book and Mm. didn't really read aloud very much or, you know, anything like that. So reading aloud is a whole different experience. It's, um, it's sort of, uh, it's, uh, it's brave in a way it's, 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 uh, you know, because you are, you know, just those things come up like your pronunciations and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that would terrify me is reading a scripture passage in, in church. Really? You know, with, with all the yeah. names, you know, with all the Hebrew names or something like that. Oh, that yeah. Would just oh, yes. Me. Oh, yeah. That would that would be horrible. <laughs> I would have to practice weeks in advance, you That's know, funny. or something like that. Um, yeah. A church that Kitty and I were going to in Austin for a while is called The Well. And it was a very multicultural church because it's in Austin. So... It's one thing that I think is cool when cultures, cultures, when churches reflect the their environment around them, you know. Yeah. So this one was like smack in the middle of a very uh, multicultural place, and you know, mm. people, a, a lot of the couples there were multi multiracial, biracial, mm. not multiracial, biracial, because there's only two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, there were only two. I'm like Katie and I, right? I'm from Mexico. She's from Fort Worth. And and so one thing that they would do that they thought it was really fun to do is there were a lot of people at church that spoke languages other than English. Um, and there were quite a few that spoke Spanish, but then there were people that spoke all kinds of other interesting languages. And mm-hmm. so they would do the reading of scripture in their language. So they'll go up there and they will just read the scripture and we'll follow along in, in English. We know what we're supposed to be reading but it was kind of cool, you know, something beautiful about uh, reflecting about uh, the gospel being for everybody in the world, mm-hmm. for every human, mm-hmm. right? And then the the consummation of, of, of the coming of Christ, where we're people from every nation uh, are worshiping together, mm-hmm. right? In unison. Yeah. What a great reminder that it's not just an American or English speaking mm-hmm. religion, yeah. you know, yeah. it is, it is, uh, you know, it is worldwide. It mm-hmm. is for everyone. So yeah. I think that's really cool. Our church doesn't do that sadly. So I think we need to, ah. <laughs> that'd be really cool. That'd be yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't know if they still do that, but there's something they were doing back then. And I thought it was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. I, I read, I read it in Spanish once. I remember that's you were talking about reading in, in church and I remember having to go up there. I have no idea what I read, but I did that. I actually do enjoy reading out loud quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Katie's favorite book uh, from her childhood was uh, the Phantom Toll Booth. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. read it. Um, it's, uh, I don't think I've heard of it either. Who's Phantom- the author? Uh, I'm blanking on it right now. Um, goodness, I should know this. Norton, just Justin, something like that. I'll I'll send it to you later. But uh, it's a very fun book that is kind of like um, a, you know, your classic 
child goes through a portal and experiences all kinds of wild things. <laughs> the other end, mm-hmm. you know, like Alice in, is basically Alice in Wonderland, uh, but as mm-hmm. a boy um, going through a toll booth and in into this crazy weird realm. And mm-hmm. uh, it's really fun. It's a very clever book. And mm-hmm. I knew that was Katie's favorite book, so I actually recorded that for her. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. The whole thing? The whole thing. It's not a very long book, but yes, the whole uh-huh. thing. Probably about four hours or something like that. That is so cool. Yeah. What a great idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a fun <laughs> gift. She likes surprises, and uh, she likes elaborate surprises, which is really hard uh, to do uh, for me sometimes because I tend to be pretty practical. Um, so... But that was one one gift that I was able to put together for her, and and it, it, I think it came out pretty well. She she seemed to enjoy it. But I know I mis I pronounce all kinds of things wrong. Like I wouldn't want to like sell that, you know, to people to hear it because people would be like <laughs> just taking it apart. But it's endearing uh, to her because it's like it's my husband, you know. This is how he is. Yeah. Who he is. Yeah. Know? And what a cool thing to have, like you know, ten. 20 30 years down the road you mm-hmm. know to be able to pull that out and listen to it like even for your kid like to be able to play it for your kids too yeah you I know can... that would be that'd be so cool to like just record uh let's say you know if you had kids or something and you're reading i hope to have kids someday and like have a story time with my yeah. kids you yeah. know so how cool would it be to just like record some of those mm-hmm. you know and it would be like imperfect and everything else but you know just to have that I think it would be really yeah. cool. What was hard really cool. was hard is uh, there's a lot of characters that you have to do voices. Otherwise, it's just mm-hmm. weird and stale. And so mm-hmm. I had to come up with all the character voices and everything. So now it was just it was fun for me. But I enjoy that doing that kind of thing. So that's really cool. That is such a great idea. I'm gonna steal that idea. I think. do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I might change it a different way and do like video or something in there just yeah. because I can just because that's me but you should also do a a different book (laughs) yes 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 i'll probably have to choose a book that amy likes or you know maybe my kids like or something like that yeah yeah that's cool by the way earlier i wasn't uh i was uh playing around on my computer Uh i was listening but i was trying to get the colors just right you know because that was annoying me to no end because from your end oh that's yeah well, I'm yeah, not sharing like, the video, so you don't have to worry about that. I know, and I know, but it's <laughs> it's it was just bothering me looking at myself here. Yeah. Maybe I should have just muted myself. I don't know. Yes. But um yeah, anyway. Just wanted to let you know I was listening, but yeah. it looked like it looked like I wasn't like I, I looked like I was just I thought it was highly offensive and disrespectful. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was not doing that. It was bothering me, so it would have been it would have been uh if I hadn't changed it, then I wouldn't have been able to pay attention to you, if that makes sense. That makes so, a lot of sense to me, actually. Because yeah. now I'm admiring myself, or not myself, That's right. how the light looks. And so, no, anyway, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the weird things about, you know, this mode of communication over video. I think it's it's, it's definitely second best over just being in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I tend to just keep looking at myself. So luckily, uh, I'm able to make myself tiny and make Mm -hmm. the person I'm talking to bigger. So that helps a good bit. Um, Yeah. That's what I have right here. Like I'm way up here in the corner and then you're like right over here. So that's really good. Yeah. I wish that, uh, we somehow we could make it so that maybe there's a camera behind the screen, like tracks your eyes. I don't know, man, that's crazy. 
but uh. so that is like we're, we're actually looking at each other eye, eye to eye or something. I think that would uh -huh. be interesting. Uh, kind of like the whole metaverse thing that uh, what's his face? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's one of the technologies they're trying to implement, or I think they've already begun developing it and, and they're implementing and playing around with it in which you have these weird little avatars in this virtual world and the they track eye movement and so that you can feel like the little avatar that you're interacting with is looking at you uh -huh. uh, and and then the the device the devices that you're wearing they have sensors that track your facial uh movement um i told you that i like watching tech videos this this was in a MK MKBHD video. He's like he's been he's younger than me, and he's been doing YouTube videos since he was like twelve or thirteen or something. And he, they're oh still gosh. up. They're wow. still up on his YouTube channel. It's crazy seeing him as a little kid, uh, and then as an adult. But um, yeah, those those uh, Oculus whatever VR headsets mm -hmm. they track your your uh, facial feature so you're interacting with people there's eye track your eyes movement is being tracked and then your facial expressions are also being tracked so wow. you feel like you're looking at someone that's looking at you and smiles or frowns or whatever it's kind of creepy really <laughs> that is that's creepy but also really wild like the it technology is. behind that kind of fascinates me yeah i mean the usage of it is a whole nother thing but have you um speaking of like technology and things like that have you delved any into the world of um ai uh generated art i haven't i've okay. the only thing that i've done is uh my brother-in-law sister-in-law we're playing dungeons and dragons with them for a year before moving mm -hmm. to wisconsin they at some point they shared with us this app that i can't remember what it's called that generates abstract art using a abstract art using ai Mm -hmm. And and it will generate stuff that kind of looks like certain like um, periods of art. So if you want something that's a little bit more impressionistic, you'll you know you'll get like it'll filter a bunch of Monet, but then you will tell it I want it to be a castle or something. But it was uh -huh. abstract. It it really wasn't an actual castle. But I know that there's a lot of stuff now that what you tell it it like brings it out, and it's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah, have you it's tried it? so good. I have, I have. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I would just um, feed it some text mm -hmm. and then it would generate it. And then it's like, okay. And then you feed it some more text. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to just see the, the iterations, you know, as you're doing that. Um, a couple of friends of mine and I, we kind of, you know, we're talking about uh, my friend's film. And mm. we were like, oh, we should use AI to generate um uh, you know, like a mood board, mm -hmm. you know, like this is, this is the look we're going for. Yeah. And, um, we, uh, we messed around with some, some AI. We we're like, okay, what, what are, you know, it was a, it was a fun exercise because we had to distill in our own minds, um, what we were going for and what the look of the film should be and then mm -hmm. feed that into the AI and see what came out. And it was just a, it was a fascinating exercise of, um, oh, verbalizing, what you what you see in your mind mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. you know and and putting that into the the ai and just seeing what comes out so it was really fun yeah that is neat. Well, yeah the technology is scary it's really scary how good it is uh -huh. but at the same time it's like it's um it's amazing at the same time 
you know? Yeah. Well, there's this whole divide between the virtual reality side of things and then the artificial reality, an artificial augmented reality. So VR versus mm -hmm. AR. Um, and uh, AR, I, I like better. Because mm -hmm. AR is basically, you wear like some glasses or something like this. Um, and there are added features to your environment. So mm -hmm. you can have a TV on the wall or you can have little holograms floating around. Um, mm -hmm. So there's, I like that a little bit better than being fully immersed somewhere else. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to be present, like yeah. fully present in this like, world, you uh, know, augmented with all that cool features. A That's silly really application cool. would be like what we try to do with like Pokemon Go, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. actually you put those things on and now there's actual Pokemon everywhere, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I, we're at a close to an hour and I, I think that a question to, to kind of begin wrapping up would be, um, Kind of a follow-up to the first question of who who you are right now is miss maybe who who do you hope to be in like i don't know the next five five years or something like that what do you mm. see yourself doing what's different how wow. is hunter starnes from five years from now different and it doesn't have to be too deep but it could be if you wanted it to mm. yeah because i'm i'm actually thinking a lot about these things um yeah. I bet you, know, you are just recently married and all. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really makes you, you know, figure out what direction you're headed because you want to make sure that the two of you are headed in the same direction, mm. um, which is a cool thing. Um, hmm. So hope to eventually become a dad, not just a husband, but eventually mm. become a dad, Lord willing. Yeah. Um, same. That'd be pretty cool. Um. Don't know when that'll be happen. When that'll happen, that's in Lord's timing. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I hope to be able to. I think about this a lot, actually. Mm. Um. As a filmmaker, mm. become. You know, filmmaking is a collaborative process. And I love the idea of collaborating with people more. And with wedding films, it's a little bit harder. It's becoming a little bit easier for me, but it was harder for me to sort of let go of my own work in a way and let yeah. somebody else take over. Um, so doing that by hiring an editor has been one of the most difficult things and also one of the most freeing things. <laughs> um, because you, you know, you capture things a certain way you have in your head, how it should be. And then, you know, so the creative process, and I'm not saying one is bad or, mm -hmm. or anything. Um, the creative process could be very solo, very, you know, very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, where it's just like one chef, you know, one chef in the kitchen. And, That's right. You know, you create, you go from from conception to final product or dish, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and it's all you. It's and and then you put it out there. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of that with the input of my brother, you know, brothers um, who work with me, but mostly it's been me calling the shots. But I'd love to be in the process or in the position to hire other people yeah. to 
work with me and be able to, you know, bring their talents to projects Mm -hmm. to where it's not just like, you know, this is my thing. I think it'd still be cool to have some stuff that's mine that I'm able to make fully from conception to completion and just be mine, you know, Mm. but I love the idea of working with people more in a more collaborative space and environment. Um, It's like that dance, like if you will, you know, so you like like to see your, your, your business, your enterprise as a, as a filmmaker grow. Yes. Yes. Whether it's, whether it's more um, people, yes, with more people, whether it's actually for business or for just creative work, you know, like if we're making a film, you know, um, Mm. or, you know, hopefully I'm making money doing films, but that's not always the case. <laughs> um, just because yeah. it's not a, you know, when you're first starting out, you, no one's going to be paying you money unless you actually make a thing. That's right. So, um, but yeah, just being able to maybe, you know, not everyone is a Christopher Nolan or a George Lucas or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't, you have to, I don't say you have to, it's often good for you to, to get the input of other people in the creative process. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that's something I'm thinking about a lot. So I would love to um, hire more people and be able to be over them in a way, not Mm -hmm. such that I'm sort of like, I'm sort of guiding the process along, but with Mm -hmm. minimal amount of guidance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Not micromanaging, which I think is my tendency right now. Yeah. Um, So you do strike me as a bit of a tyrant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is it the mustache? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Curling it right now. I just like, you yeah. don't, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My evil plan. That's your happening. evil plan is to control people by getting to make films with you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so, yeah. So uh, to put that, you know, and, and I think that's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, so, uh, I don't know if that answers your question. That's a bit of a tangent or rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and it's the same. It's kind of the same where it's like you're designing your life, you're living your life, but you don't want to do that. Or I don't want to do that where it's just mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to have other people involved. You know, yeah. obviously my wife, Amy, but, you know, just sort of like you're living mm-hmm. your life and you can't do that or I don't think we should be doing it just by ourselves. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's just kind of the thought I have there. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but yeah, you know. I think that's, I think that's good. I, I think in some ways what you're saying is you, you want to be become more interdependent. Um, I don't know if you've read, uh, or, or heard, uh, the seven habits of, highly effective people uh-huh. um at the, but at yes. the very beginning he, he talks about uh going from um dependence to independence to interdependence and not that those are all any of those is bad right but mm-hmm. but as as children we are dependent on our parents and then we walk away and we're independent but our responsibilities uh only have tend to only have consequences in as far as what we do affects mostly just us, right? The world mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. us, our environment around us is very 
it's affected very little by what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but as you grow, as time goes by, you bring more people in, whether it's, you know, your spouse, which is the most important person that you're going to bring in ever, and and then your children, too, and your church, and then work, you know, the people you work with. You want to, and you want it to, like you said, just kind of be not just about you, but about mm -hmm. the world around you. And and that's a place of responsibility, and, it's just, it's, and I think by by default, a, p a place of bravery. You mm. have to be brave to do something like that because it is terrifying having, you know, like if someone's working for you and, you know, they're, they have to be at a certain place or whatever, and your business needs to keep operating so that they can keep feeding their, their family, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I, I, yeah. that's a, I think a vision that I share too, that, uh, that I want to become a business owner and hire people and, and, uh, and be a leader. Um, mm and be responsible for for people which is scary to think about mm -hmm. but it i think mm -hmm. it's something that's why wouldn't i do that I, if i if i do believe that god's given me the ability to do that to some degree and if he's given me that giving me the ability to to do that i better put it to use <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And even not just the ability, but even in some way, the command to do That's that, right. you know, yeah. like he says, uh, Jesus, one of his last words mm -hmm. on earth is go and make disciples, you know, That's of right. all nations. Yeah. And yes. that, that, uh, implies that you are leading people. Yeah. So you know, doing that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> my party that, words focus inwardly, you know, <laughs> Take care of number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Don't bother, you know, just just do what you love. Follow do your what heart. You, follow your heart. Yeah, oh, wait, that's not so, what you said at all. No, no, mm. sadly. Or actually not sadly, but good thing, good thing. <laughs> um, so, Carlos, uh, has anyone ever turned that question around on you and had you answer that question? Am I allowed to do that, to ask the same question yeah. of the host? Or? Um, no. <laughs> Oh, dang it. Come uh, dang on. it. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're ending this now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you covered it in other podcasts, then we don't have to rehash it. But I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, you know, part of right now is so small. And I feel like a lot of the people listening are like a family and friends and that kind of thing. Because uh, I'm mostly just sharing it with family and friends. And if anybody else wants to listen to it, they can listen to it. I mean, it's up for the world to see, but, you know. Right. Uh, right. And, um, yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, it's, it's similar to what you said. I, I, I really relate to that. And, and it's, I, I like to think of it. I like to think of things usually in, in big picture terms. That's why I'm like, I like holding up to tools and ideas like the one that I told you about from Stephen Covey and the seven, uh, habits. I was going to say the seven deadly sins. I was like, wait, that's not the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different book. <laughs> it's a different book. Uh, the book of death. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, no. So, yes, I want to move to a period of my life where I am going to be responsible, um, not just for myself and my wife, but for a lot of people around me. And that means that you have to let people in and criticize you and and reject you uh, i want to be more of an entrepreneur I, I discovered this year that that's really a calling for me 
uh, to be a business owner, to start businesses and to see them fail and start new ones and see them fail and start new ones. And maybe mm-hmm. one will succeed and and maybe I'll sell it or maybe I'll just stick to that. But I, I'm very creative and I like yeah. giving because now I have a different vision for it now, um, which is uh, it's all about giving people value. Everything that you're doing is to, is to give people value. It's not about making money. That's for me. That's what drives me. It's like I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing, uh, people enjoy it at some level, and you know, people find it valuable, meaningful to them, because that's how people. Anyway, that's what makes people give you money, is you give mm-hmm. them something of value, and they're like, "Oh, this is really valuable to me." So here's this, you know, hundred dollar bill or whatever. And so I, I I see myself as more of an entrepreneur now. Uh, I I, I had, had a very skewed view of what that was. I had a very skewed view of what a being a salesperson was, and I've been mm-hmm. rethinking and reframing a lot of those things. So I want to be a, a better salesman, a better entrepreneur. Um, and Kitty and I want to start a family. I wanna I want to start a family. Uh, hopefully next year, or uh, mm-hmm. we're hoping that that's when it will happen. Maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a a little Rios running around next year 2023 got you know mm-hmm. got allowing that's that's what we want and yeah. we'll be moving back to texas too can't stand wisconsin oh great oh yeah. that was one of my questions i was going to ask too like how wisconsin was oh I'm it's sure okay it's, it's okay it's actually not too cold uh it hasn't been too cold at least definitely colder than it was back there during the winter but it hasn't been bad the weather is nice it's lovely actually mm-hmm. when the fall hits and you mm-hmm. see all the trees glowing in all kinds of colors it's mm-hmm. insane it's beautiful uh, the bright reds and and bright it's not just green and then brown and then dead no it's like mm-hmm. there's a period where it's just beautiful i mean there's so much color it's like fire everywhere it's like sunsets yeah. and trees um most a bit of a poem a, a poet um so family becoming more of an entrepreneur um so I think those are the things that are in my mind a lot. Uh, being able to position myself to be teaching more, um, and uh, doing that a lot in the church. I, I, we want to have a church family, and Kitty has the same calling to teach. So we, we're probably going to teach a lot wherever we plant our feet. We're going to be teaching all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Marriage probably being one of those things. We probably want to get certified, like on preparing and rich or, or something like that and mm. and do a marriage ministry teach some of that i think that'll be cool there's a lot of depth there um mm. and a lot of practical stuff to cover too that it's so hard to just know <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah man it's a lot of stuff that i want and and that we aspire to be and that we want and but who knows right well hopefully god will allow those things mm-hmm that's right. Yeah. yeah. There's so much, there's so much to accomplish in so little time. I definitely yeah. feel that. Well, we praying for you guys, you know, Please do. Uh, for all those things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh gosh, I had like one other question I was going to ask. I don't know if I'm still allowed to do that. I know we're running out of time, but, um, oh, we do need to have, maybe we need to do this conversation again. And this time talk business because that's, oh, yes. a, that's a whole thing that I, I love talking about. So I would love that do this again. We'll love that. I feel like I've been telling that to everybody that I talk with. We need to have another a follow up episode because it's, <laughs> I've only been doing about an hour long. 
Um, so, you know, hopefully I think it's about as much time as I can afford really. And all honestly, I, 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 if I, if this takes off, right, which I'm not even seeing it as a business, but this takes off to the point that it starts bringing in money, um, sponsorships and all that, that kind of thing. I might, uh, say, okay, I'm going to, put more time into it and maybe do those ridiculous three, four hour long podcasts that some people do. I saw one, you know, are you familiar with Lex Friedman? Um, uh, the name is somewhat familiar. He's a very popular podcaster. He's in Austin. Uh, he recently had Kanye West on, on the podcast. And, oh, wow. Yeah. I may have to go listen to that. Oh, it was, it was something. Anyway, uh, I was having nightmares about it, actually. <laughs> it was, Yo, it was, maybe I won't it, listen to it then. It was very shocking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what was I going to tell you about him? I forgot. Goodness, I do this too much. Uh, Same. What, what was I going to tell you? What were we talking about? We're trying to wrap up. You're asking me a question. Uh, about doing another Podcast, do another, another podcast another podcast about business and then you were like we're yes we're lex friedman he just had an episode an he just had an episode that i d did not listen to it's like eight hours long <laughs> oh wow he literally sat down with someone and spoke for eight hours straight i was like oh my goodness i've only done that That's once crazy. that i can think of and it was with katie the first time we we chatted mm -hmm. we chatted till we were hungry three times and we just mm. couldn't stop talking well, she came wow. and she she found me, and I was writing music, and my hair was all crazy, and and she fed me, and then we were talking, and then she's like, "I have a snack, you want to eat it?" And so we went outside and we ate the snack, and we talked for forever, and then it got dark and we got hungry again, and then we went to eat, and we kept talking, and like it, I just could not pull myself away from her, and it wasn't like, ah, uh, you know, in love kind of thing. It was more of a, uh captivating kind of thing you know mm. it was just that's really cool yeah. is this when y'all were dating or yeah that was the there? first base i guess you could say that was our first date because we went to eat wow. food <laughs> so that makes it a date <laughs> that's great food brings people together it really yeah. does yeah yeah that's awesome man thank you for all your questions i think this is the first time that someone has questioned me so much which i like mm. Okay, good, good. Well, I didn't want this to just be all about me because that frightens yeah. me. So, oh, yeah. that's okay. I want to, I want to put you in the hot seat as well. So, oh yes, please do. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I called it Carlos Rios's all ears to kind of give it this kind of friendly vibe of you know I'm I'm listening and, and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But obviously, it's a conversation, so it takes two to to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for inviting me on and having this conversation. This has been great. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and end this.